It's witchcraft. <laughs> Welcome to episode 10.5, Listener Stories of the Stoned Witches Hour. What are we going to say for that? Oh, boy. Um Welcome to episode 10.5 of the Stoned Witches Hour, where we're going to go over some listener stories and some fantastic, scary shit from you guys. Your stories with us getting high. Awesome. All I got to do is sit back, smoke a lot of pot and read your spooky, scary shit. And I cannot wait. Episode 10.5. All right. That sounds good. I think that should be it. It does. Yeah. As professional as we're going to get. As professional as stoned witches can get, right? I'm Layla. I'm Shell. Oh, do you want to know what my my theme song is? I'm going to make you listen what? to it. You're probably oh, not going to like it. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm frightened. So DJ Khaled, I am not a huge DJ Khaled fan. I mean, first of all, anyone who won't go down on this woman, sorry, can't like you. Automatic negative points. Nobody <laughs> likes you. Nobody. Nobody likes you. Nobody wants to be your friend. Like how selfish. Right? Seriously. That is a whole different podcast on that. Different podcast. Different podcast. I ain't down with that kind of person. <laughs> now, I'm normally like, you know, we don't kink shame. We're not going to yuck on anybody's yum. We're not going to do any of that. But damn. But we are going to give you shit about that. <laughs> <laughs> We are totally going to shame DJ Khaled for no cunnilingus. I'm sorry, but what's wrong with you? Anything else that any of our listeners are down with? We're, 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 we're down. We're, cool. with you. we're good. We're good. <laughs> you know, live and let live, man. But that if you are not, I right? can't, I can't, that's, that's a line I can't cross. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's a line too far. That's not okay. But they <laughs> sampled Layla, the, the song Layla that I was named for from Eric Clampton. And they did a song called I Did It. <laughs> and I think oh, I might Lord. be the only person who listens to this song. I think I'm probably the only person who likes it. But man, I will rock out to this song all day long. I cannot tell you how often I've had it on repeat on my Spotify. So I'm going to send it to you later and you'll have to listen to it. It's so good. It's so good. I will because I haven't heard it, but I am I am definitely frightened. Well, like I said, I think I'm the only person who knows this song. I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's got millions of views on YouTube, but whatever. I'm the only person who knows it. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a fun episode today. This is our episode. What, what are we going to call this? Like 11, 10.5, listener stories, one. <laughs> 10.5, listener stories. Oh, yeah. There you go. I like that. 10.5 listener stories. All right, cool. We're down. <laughs> so we've asked people over social media on some message boards that we're involved with to send us in stories to let us know what ghost stories, what creepy things have you experienced? What are your personal true experiences? Because we've shared a couple of ours and we've shared some things that we found and we were you know, just we know there's more stories out there. And man, you guys did not disappoint from stoners to witches to everyone who's experienced creepy things. I was surprised. You know, I'll be honest with you. I thought we were going to put this call out for, for people telling us their stories and we'd get like one person. Right. 
that it would probably be someone who's related to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I fully expected your kids, maybe my brother, somebody to send something in. Right. Right. Yeah. And I was like, well, you know, we'll see how this goes. And then the responses we got, I was blown away. And not only was I blown away by the amount of responses we got, but I'm like, there are some other spooky, funky ass people out there. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. Our people, our tribe. We've, we found our, we found our stony people, you know, witchy, witchy and witchy friendly people, people who love paranormal the paranormal. Folk. Yeah. Yeah. And I, everyone was so nice. They're so blown away. And if we don't get to your story, we had to, I'm so sorry, but we have limited time. We could not anywhere near get everyone's stories, but we're going to get to a handful each of some of the best ones. Now I, I did try to separate these as best I could, you know, Shell's got a handful that she loves. I've got a handful that I love, and we've tried not to read each other's stories too much. So we can, we can kind of spook each other out here. And, you know, never fear. This isn't going to be our only listener stories episode, I'm sure. So if we, if we didn't get to yours today, there will be other listener episodes. I can see it coming. I, oh, yeah. I foretell this. This is a, a, a sure thing. It is a shell <laughs> prediction. You heard it here first. Yeah. Judging by the response that we got, we we will definitely have to do this again. And besides, who doesn't love it? This is, I get to kick back and do dabs and just kind of read some fun ghost stories. I didn't have to do any work. Right. Right. How fun is that? Yeah. Just let our, our listeners have all the experience and do all the work. And, you know, like I said, some great stories. I just, I love that this stuff doesn't only happen to us, that that, (laughs) that we're not the only ones interested in this stuff and that we're not the only ones that may, in a fit of stupidity, provoke things to happen to get experience. (laughs) Ah, yes. The fits of stupidity. That does sound how a lot of our things have started. Hey, Shell, hold my bowl. Right. And then off we go and we're in big trouble before we know it. Right. I am going to light up some of this. I've got some gelato shatter that I got from the gas station delivery place. This is some of their house shatter. I just laughed that it's a gas station. A gas station, really? And I don't know why. TGS. I mean, that's not a very original name, the gas station. Great group of people, though. Super nice. Love them. Always willing to suggest things. And if they're out of something they've they've always got something in stock and more than more than willing to make up for it you know just great people love them but it's not an actual gas station not an actual gas station you know the gas that they have is like the super kind green that they've got they've definitely got that kind of gas i'm Um, thinking like gas pump pull your car up fill the gas tank go in get a soda get a lottery ticket get a joint wouldn't that be nice pardon my torch sounds over here i'm heating up my dad right so I'm going to do some dabs while we tell ghost stories today. What are you smoking today, Shell? Um, I'm actually smoking the sweets. Got that uh, a little bit ago. Starting to wrap up that batch and we'll be moving on to something else. But today I'm, I'm finishing up the sweets. Very good. Love it. That was another high THC concentration, wasn't it? Correct. Correct. Um, that's generally what I go for. Let's be realistic. Um, <laughs> I would have to say I have a tendency to do that as well. I think a lot of people, you know, especially old heads tend to do that. 
you know, we, we want the most bang for our buck. I think you even said that the other day. Exactly. Exactly. And I know it gets into a little bit too much, but sometimes I have had the really high THC concentrates that don't hit as hard or as good as lower THC. And from what I understand, I know it gets back to terpenes and I don't know. I just, I'm glad with the science. I want more science behind it because don't we all just want the best stuff that we can get? We do, but do we need to have a degree just to get high? No. And that's, <clears throat> that's what I'm hoping for is someone can, maybe it can be quantified better. So when you have your bud tender or just have a little card on the weed, you know, and it says, like, have you ever gone to like farmer's market or something? And they have the little cards and it says, this tomato has a sweeter taste with a sharp aftertaste or something. I don't know. And describes yeah, it kind yeah. of in detail. I'd like that with, with a little bit better descriptions of the pot. Like, don't just trust that this white widow is going to be the same as another white widow. I, I want to know what are, what are the feelings behind it? Like, did it help with pain? Did it help with anxiety? Did it? Did it get you as high as it as that 32% THC would suggest that it should? You know, we kind of want to know these things. And you don't always know it. You kind of have to rely on word of mouth. And it's, it's uh, I don't know. We are just, it, it, I laugh. I laugh. Because we are just like the exact opposite in this. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> am I melting in the couch or am I functional? That's all I want to know. That's all I want to know. And like, you're very scientific about it. And... <laughs> very intelligent in the ways of weed. I just want to be high. Is there anything wrong with that? (laughs) (coughs) No, nothing at all (laughs) wrong with that. Nothing at all. I guess what I'm saying more is that sometimes that 32% THC isn't going to get you as high as the 20% THC. And I think I just want better descriptions. That's all. This should just be every time you go to the store, because your guy can't do this. If you're, if you're just talking to your guy, um, your your neighborhood fella, he's not going to know. But like when you go to the store uh, on a scale of one to 10, okay, where are we at? Are we, is today's batch a five or is today's batch a 10? Right. You would always ask your person, you know, what is it? Is it, is it hydro? Cause that was the thing back in the day. Is it fire? <laughs> is it hydro? Is it dang? Is it gas? Is it brick? Right. Brick we need. Is it brick? <coughs> Is it fire or is it swag? Is it kind or is it bad? And you just kind of have to rely on word of mouth. And I think you still do. I don't know. I, I guess I haven't had very good luck with descriptions or with bud tenders. And you've had very good luck with bud tenders. You know, I, I still, and, and I will say this till the end of time, the bud tenders in Eastern Massachusetts, I don't care what store because it, it's, it's every store. Spot on, man spot on and you can tell that these people are really deep stoners too oh i love that they're not just getting fed you know a a, a script before each shift these people are like yeah man i smoked this last night and blah 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 blah. basically i think the general rule is they're not allowed to smoke on the clock and why not i mean come on I mean, obviously in a pinch, if I had to go to the place that doesn't give a shit about me, I'm going there, you know, you do what you got to do. Hey, you buy brickweed when brickweed's all that's available. But I I do have places, I kind of have like a a rating on where I go. My favorite place is probably the furthest away. It's 20 minute ride up in Gloucester. And then my second favorite is one one of the ones here in Salem. So, you know, 
I prefer to go to the other one, but if I can't make it, I have a close backup that I like. <laughs> There's always a backup. A good stoner always has like a couple plugs they know of. <laughs> right, right, right. And then, you know, so you got your in a pinch, but then you also have the places of, hey, you know, I'm going to go on a road trip here. And if I go to this town, I could stop at this place and check it out and see what they got. We did that once. And I found this, this, I don't, what am I calling it? A terpene, a terpine. Terpenes? A flavor, a different, a new one, a new one. What am I calling that? A terpine? terpine? Well, terpenes are the little chemicals that are in, in the, they're the ones that make up the, the flavors and the aromas and sometimes the effects of the cannabis that you have. And they're usually an ene of some sort, like a pinene or limonene, that type of thing. Well, the stuff I found on a road trip was called kitchen sink. (laughs) Let me tell you, it it, it was everything but the kitchen sink. And I've not been able to find it. Wait, was it in flower form or was it in flower? Nice. Yeah, I pretty, yeah, yeah. I pretty much generally stick with flower form, but I have, that was the only time I seen it and I haven't seen it again. Kitchen sink. It might've been one, something that they, maybe they bred or maybe they just, they exclusively grew. I don't know. Well, because we just went on a random road trip. Um, and picked that up in a different town. I don't necessarily remember what town we had gone to or what store we had gotten it from. So it's, yeah, I haven't been able to track that down since, but. You know, that sounds almost like the type of name that I sometimes when, especially when I was maybe growing um, a little more undercover, shall we say? I've always been legal (laughs) just for, you know, just so everyone knows I've always grown legally. Absolutely. 100% always grown legally, but maybe (laughs) there might've been a time when I grew um, undercover, (laughs) undercover, but legally. Sure. Yeah. Let's go with that. Undercover, but legal. Let's, let's go with that. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So during that time period, sometimes if I didn't have access to seeds, you know, there, there wasn't always the access to seeds that you have now. I can think of 10 different seed places I could go get seeds from of varying quality. And sometimes you had to kind of rely on a friend of a friend or what you got in the bottom of a bag. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I have grown bag seed. I've grown bag seed. I've actually had pretty good success with some bag seed. Damn, I've gotten some fire, some really good shit out of get bag seed. But who the hell knows what that is? I mean, most of the time, the weed we smoked didn't have a name. Nobody knew the name of the pot that we were smoking. It was... We didn't know it had a name. You didn't know it had, yeah, this doesn't have a name. It, it was called weed. It was called weed. It was some varying form of, you know... You got, you got what you got. You, you get what you get. And you don't get upset. You just, you smoked it. Yeah. And so I would grow it. And my only goal was to try and grow the bag seed better than the bag it came from. And I was usually pretty successful in that, but I would just give it a name. And kitchen sink sounds like something I might name a, you know, I've got all these seeds in a jar, like my friend Shell, and I'm just growing them. I don't know what any of them are. It's a kitchen sink. Who knows? That's probably what you got. <laughs> Never find it again. Sad. Right, right. Right. Uh, the sadness that is mystery bag seed. You'll never again know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day when I used to smoke them seeds. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. So I don't know. <laughs> so we did keep talking about pot. Um, 
that's what happens when you smoke too much pot. You forget even when you're talking about pot. You're just like, off subject. Now I'm high and I don't know where I am. I do know that we're going to be telling some submitted stories and I'm pretty excited. I was like, I couldn't believe that people like, I thought they were all good. Yeah. Right. I thought we were just going to get, yeah, I saw a ghost when I was 12. I was scared. Right. No, these are good. Like these, these people like sat down and like wrote a story. I was impressed. All right. So we're going to start with some stories. I've got my bong, my little cute bong packed. Did we say what you, you want to chill them? I love these chillums. I don't, I don't know what my fascination is. You do love a chillum. They're just the right size, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like a one hitter that has like half a gram in it. So it's more than a one hitter. <laughs> That's a shell one hitter. <laughs> That's a shell one Yeah. For real. But anyway, so yeah, chillum smoking. Got a story. This one, everybody, you know, witchcraft, uh, you always got to be playing. <laughs> I think a lot of people go through a period where, where they want to kind of experience with experiment with everything that sounds exotic. And, you know, you get on the, the witch talk and you get on, (laughs) you find all these, these little witchy things. And I think everyone goes through a a time period where they want to try it. And then all your friends are doing it. All your friends are doing it. Every generation either has a movie or a TV show. Oh my gosh. Yes. If your friends are all drawing down the moon, are you going to do it too, Shell? Well, yeah, duh. (laughs) (laughs) So this is from a listener. uh, And if I'm saying your names wrong, it is me. It is not you. Please don't take offense. (laughs) Send an email. Put (laughs) in the subject line. Shell said it wrong. And and I'll correct her. Don't worry. It's the weed. It's not you. (laughs) So I believe this listener's username is Geronimo... Alonzi, Alonz E. That sounds about right. Okay. Geronimo. Let's go with that. Okay. We'll go with that. Geronimo. Hi, Geronimo. Hey, Geronimo. Uh, First of all, thanks for the story. We're going to tell it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So when when they were around 15, um, they thought it'd be cool to mess around with witchcraft. Everybody does. Oh, yeah. Um, 15, everyone does, I think. Well, you know, apparently Geronimo had some friends that that brought this person into the more dark uh, desecration of religious items kind of witchcraft. Ooh. Not like the good witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about uh, the witchcraft that's more just like anti-Christianity. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like. I don't know. They didn't necessarily say that it was like a Christian religious item, just desecration of a religious item that we could probably assume was Christian in nature. Okay. But anyway, anywho, anywho. So, you know, like every 15 year old would, you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this stuff with my friends on a Saturday night. And then, and then we're done and I'm going to go home and off I go to school on Monday. No harm, no foul. Well, (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, so, so Geronimo unfortunately found out that they set off a chain of events that, as self-described, created the worst year of that person's life. Oh. Yeah. That's what happens when you fuck around with witchcraft. I guess so. Small things started. Uh, shadow people, trouble sleeping, 
got a little worse to the point where not sleeping at all, shadow people every night, blankets being pulled off. Oh my God, Geronimo, you had no blankets on. That would have been <laughs> getting your blankets pulled off. You know, that we've talked before, blankets are your safe space. And if spirits are pulling your blankets off, that seems pretty serious. And pulling at their legs as they slap. <gasps> I would have no. peed the bed. Oof. Geronimo, if you did not pee the bed, kudos, because I think I would have. Mm-hmm. And uh, Geronimo described it in, by saying, quote, think paranormal activity bad. Oh, my goodness. So they were going through like a paranormal activity kind of thing. I guess so. I oh, guess my goodness. So. Got to the point where, where they could only sleep if they had like loud music and, and something covering their eyes um, because the activity was just so ongoing and constant. Oh, wow. Like, imagine that. I cannot imagine having to... In order to sleep, you have to have loud music and like a blind and like a sleep mask on because the, the paranormal stuff going on in your room is so bad. Apparently got to the point where no one in the family would even go into the room. Geronimo described the room as a black hole of oppression. Holy Ooh, shit. Holy crap. I don't know how, 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 how old Geronimo was, but like. If I was old enough to maybe relocate, I probably would have at that point. If you're old enough to say the words black hole of oppression, I think you're old enough to articulate, hey, we need to get the fuck out of here. So, you know, I, I figure if, if this all started at 15, probably at 16 is when this activity might have been happening. Mm-hmm. At 16, I would, poor like, kid. I would be like, mom, dad, we got to roll. Right. <laughs> we got to get out. Yeah, but who really has the ability other than the people in the Amity Horror House? Like who has the ability to like move in and be like, oh yeah, by the way, it's haunted. Let's get the fuck out. Not everybody has that like financial solvability. <laughs> well, it got worse. Apparently they thought they could get rid of it on their own. Never a good idea. Like you said, you know, <laughs> calling the big dogs at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, no, Geronimo tried to handle it. But it intensified, um, started affecting other people in the family. Other people in the family were not able to sleep at night. Oh, wow. So it kind of spilled over to everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, Geronimo woke up to the violently shaking bed um, <gasps> towards, towards the end of these experiences. Actually got to the point where he kind of just gave up and laid there. Um, heard some growling. Um, had wow. tried to get out of the bed and was shoved back into the bed. And in, in, in feeling like laying there on the floor for hours, like it's, it, it almost sounds like being attacked in bed by a dog that wasn't even there. Yeah, it sounds like some sort of poltergeist with the growling and the bed shaking and all and being centered on a teenager. It sounds very much like some sort of poltergeist activity, maybe exacerbated by their their entrance into witchcraft earlier. But I think where I would have like, even shit myself even more was there came a point where Geronimo kind of gave up, not gave up, but like, just like got too tired to fight anymore and just kind of laid in the bed as it was shaking, whatever it was, grabbed Geronimo by both feet and literally dragged him out of bed. Wow. Holy, holy crap. When Geronimo tried to get off the floor and tried to get back into bed, was shoved back down. I'd be shitting. Wow. Like being attacked by an entity? 
Like, how do you not at that point wonder if it's just a dream and that that's not really happening? Like, I'm not saying that I don't believe it. I'm just saying I would be so freaked out that I would be having such a hard time wrapping my head around what was happening to me at that moment. Oh, exactly. I would be shitting myself. I think I'd be able to maybe explain away blankets and the bed shaking. I mean, I live in California. <laughs> bed shaking is not an unusual occurrence, but growling, being pushed to the floor, um, being dragged out of bed by your legs. Yeah. This sounds like, you know, when you're being that physically attacked, it's kind of hard to at that point think that it might be a dream. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty rough to explain away. And, ha- and being like a 15, 16 year old kid. Yeah. How do you tell that to someone? Who the hell believes you? Well, they did say that people, other people in the house had started to experience things. So maybe if they talked about it, you know, everyone, if everyone in the house can kind of uh, compared stories, did they do that? What happened next? Oh my gosh. This poor kid. (laughs) I mean, like, I don't know how many years ago this was or what year this happened in, but like, this isn't something you just go to school and be like, hey, friend. How was your night last night? Let me tell you what happened to me. Like, I don't know. I did have friends that told me ghost stories when I was <laughs> when I was in middle school and high school. This is the kind of stuff that 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 like the next day you kind of wonder if you just went a little cuckoo. Oh, absolutely. I'd start to wonder myself. That's just such an experience. So anyway, I guess after that particular event, activity started to slow down. Um, just happened every once in a while. Because remember, this would have been when when they were like 15, 16. So everything slowed down. So then the maybe when they got a little older, it slowed down. Or maybe that that violent act was like the culmination and it, it started to get better. Well, that that violent act was the culmination. Then it cut down. And then the story cuts to when Geronimo was 23. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So it like went dormant for a little while. Right. Geronimo was living on uh, living on their own and had had to move back to their parents' house. Preach it. Never fun. Never fun. Been there. We have both been there. Everybody's done been it. there. Layla's done it. Happens. Thank all the gods for parents and people who take care of us that can take us back in. Thank you. We don't love it. Don't want to have to do it, but oh my goodness. Thank you. Well, apparently um, the parents... It was not an empty house per se, but an empty house. The parents bought another house, but never had sold it. Let Geronimo go live there. Oh, well, that's even better. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Score Geronimo. <sighs> Geronimo gets a roommate, which, you know, hey. Now, is no this the house that Geronimo had grown up Correct. in where the stuff had happened? Correct. Okay. Okay. So Correct. back to the scene of the paranormal crime. Correct. All right. <laughs> back to the scene. But now. Older, wiser. Parents have moved out, have a different house. And now, now Geronimo's living there with a roommate, a non-family member, I would assume. So two days after they moved in, roommate started begging to sleep in the living room. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Because there was so much, so much activity in that room that it scared her and she didn't want to sleep alone. Anymore. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. So it begins. So basically, Geronimo, the moral of the story is, and I'm going to continue your story, but you did some stupid shit as a teenager that drove your family to sell the house or move out of the house, and they couldn't sell it because of the activity, so they owned it and made you move back into it as torture. Oh, you're blaming it all on poor Geronimo. (gasps) Blaming it on Geronimo. This is from a parent 
who is into witchcraft, who has had children dabble with witchcraft. And I've come home from a weekend away and my children had unleashed holy hell in my house. And I'm like, why do you touch stuff that doesn't belong to you? Yeah, that sounds like a 90s movie right there. Yeah. Witch mama comes home. There's ghosts everywhere. <laughs> gotta start. <laughs> Call in the coven. Gotta fix this. It's like the ending of um, Practical Magic when they get all the townswomen together to form the coven and they help kind of yeah. shoe up. <laughs> and they had to do that after that weekend. It was more like when the ants had to come home and help clean up the mess. <laughs> but so anyway, roommate, Geronimo. Same type of stuff, the shadow people, the noises, the shaking bed, getting pulled on. I guess the last straw for them is that they were in the living room, um, heard a radio in the bedroom at the end of the hall turn on. Like no one would sleep in that room, I guess. They just, they just unleashed some holy hell. Yeah, they unleashed something. And for whatever reason, it, you know, went dormant when Geronimo got a little older. But then when they came back in, maybe going back into the empty house kind of stirred it back up or maybe the non-family member or something, or maybe just Geronimo themselves being back in that house. Well, I guess. Oh, hi, kitty. Hi, kitty, (laughs) kitty, kitty. Oh, big fluffy orange kitty. He's headed to the window. But I guess the last, the last straw for Geronimo. Oh, what a pretty kitty. He's bathing. Former foster, now total love of Chuck's life. (laughs) permanent resident permanent resident he and my husband are best friends he adores adores chuck so much oh my god anyway back to geronimo so geronimo last straw i guess in the back room there was a radio that turned on by itself by itself Ah, creepy 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 i love how like ghosties seem to always like Manipulating electricity seems to be something like a little bit easier than maybe manipulating objects, you know, lights on and off, radios on and off, that kind of thing. I don't know. Just a thing. Go ahead. Sorry. Geronimo and her roommate decided to go down the hall together and turn it off. Smart, smart. Stay together. Stay together. Smart. Correct. Right. Well, once you've reached this point, don't be alone. That's one right thing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So they go down the hall, they turn off the radio, they go back to the living room. A few minutes later, son of a bitch comes back on. (gasps) No! They go back down the hallway, and not only do they turn it off, but they unplug it. Okay? Okay. Go back to the living room, because I guess at this point, they're so freaked out, they decide to, like, you know, camp out in the living room. This story is sounding very... I have a very similar story. I'm not going to tell it today, but Geronimo, I feel ya. So they unplug it, go back to the living room. They decide to sleep in the living room for the night. Yeah. Radio comes back on again. No, no, the unplugged radio. Again, Geronimo, right there, right there. So they decide not to get up because they knew they unplugged it. So Geronimo yells. Yeah, yeah, no, that's too much. I No, <sighs> listen to how funny this is. Geronimo, I think it's funny. If I was Geronimo, I'd be shitting myself. I would have shit myself eight times over if I was Geronimo <laughs> by now. I know. So brave going back. So brave. Hollers down the hallway and asks whatever it was that was messing with them to turn the radio off. And then there was instant silence. There you go. When they checked the next morning, the radio was still unplugged. Nice. Nice. See, sometimes you have to be forceful with them and tell them kind of like that cowboy ghost in um, the Estes, um, the Shining Hotel. What was that called? 
the Overlook Hotel, whatever it was called. Honestly, I'm too high. The Shining Hotel where the the ghost, the cowboy ghost in that one room, the couple said, would you please stop? And he did, you know, but that's something that in a spell or in a ritual that is a major component is to tell them to fuck off, you know, tell them to stop, be forceful, tell them to get out. Sometimes you have to tell them. Well, that was kind of the straw that that, that broke the camel's back. Um, Geronimo and the roommate decided after that it was time to move out. They left. Don't live there anymore. Says Don't the blame them still, one bit. <laughs> says the place is still haunted to this day and has a very dark feeling as soon as you go to the door. Now, Geronimo, does your family still own this house? I want to know. A. B. Um, is it something that I could go stay at? I'm so <laughs> intrigued. I'm so intrigued. <laughs> Shell would like to Airbnb your haunted house. Just let us know. (laughs) So the moral of the story is don't unleash things unless you can put them back. That's right. Put your toys away when you're done with them. Yeah. So yeah, probably the house has still got something in it. I would imagine if your family still owns it, my recommendation is to get like a psychic medium or a Catholic (laughs) priest. Pick your, pick your favorite flavor of uh, banishment and do one. Yeah. <laughs> or the other alternative is get that shit listed on Airbnb pronto. Right. As a haunted location. Those <laughs> seem to be getting more and more popular. I see those all the time. But Geronimo, thank you. We appreciate you first listening and second sending in your story. Yeah. Great story. Very good. So creepy. And we we hope that that you have no more experiences with whatever shit storm you opened up. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes. I hope things are much better where you're living now, Geronimo. And I hope your roommate didn't bring anything with them either. So I have a story. This one was submitted by someone who's going by Brando Sapien. And Brando Sapien's story goes like this. This story, as crazy as it sounds, is 100% true. It was 2015, and myself and a friend of mine were driving around late one night just dicking around, you know, as one does. (laughs) We know that. We've done that. (laughs) We have done that. Usually ours involves a joint or something, but yeah. So we were, what did we call those, bull rides? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We were discussing how cool it would be to do a ghost hunt. Hey, hey, Brando, did, were you riding around with us in 2015? Like, was Brando in the back of that van? I think so. That van with like Tom and Mel. and Yeah. So we, we were must just have been the one that was camping on the ball for a while. There you go. Brando, pass it on the left. Man. So Brando says, we were discussing how cool it would be to do a ghost hunt or spend the night in a haunted place. Brando, we feel you, man. While driving, I remembered that a fatal train wreck had happened in the earliest 20th century near where we were in McDonough, Georgia, claiming the lives of 35 people. Oof, that's quite the train wreck. My friend pointed out that there was a road coming up that used to cross the tracks, but had since been mostly torn up. The idea of driving down a torn up road near the site of a deadly accident gave us both kind of a thrill. We would do the same thing. Oh yeah, we'd be there. As I turned onto this road, I remember looking down the partial road and getting a slight chill at the unnerving environment since we are surrounded by trees on a dead end road at night. Oh yeah, this is perfect. This sounds like a really fun place. This is absolutely where Shell would want to go on a bull ride. The screams, let's pack a bowl and go see what we can find. It'll scare us. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he says, this is where it gets weird. 
All I remember is turning onto the road and driving back towards the main road. But when we got to the stop sign, my friend was looking at me with wide eyes and a freaked out expression. I paused and asked him what was wrong. He responded by asking me the same thing. After telling him that I was fine, he said, then why did you freak the fuck out when we got to the end of the road? I was noticeably confused because I had no memory at all of doing that. He told me that when we got to where the pavement ended, I started repeating, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. Then I spun the car around and hauled ass away from there. At that point, I was just as freaked out as he was. Needless to say, the thrill of going to a potentially haunted place was gone. So they went down there and dude has no memory of gets to a certain point and dude blacks out and just freaks out and his friend sees him freak out, but he has no memory of it whatsoever. The first thing I would do is go back down to the end of the road. Would you? (laughs) I'm like a glutton for punishment, but he never told his friend what, what was making him say he didn't even know. He didn't know he was blacked out. He doesn't remember any of it. All he remembers is heading down that road. And then the next thing he remembers is he's stopping at the stop sign, like coming back out. That's so weird. And he doesn't remember any of it. And and according to his friend, he like freaked out saying, we got to get out of here once they got to like a certain point. So then he says, fast forward to early 2021. My friend has been a county police officer for about four years now. He texted me a few months ago saying he had something crazy to tell me. I called him asking what this crazy story was. He said another officer told him about some human remains that had been found in McDonough. When asked where, the other officer said that they were found right off that same road we had gone down almost six years ago. Hearing that was the most surreal thing I've ever experienced, and it forced me to wonder if I had been possessed or something that night. That's the single weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. Whoa. So they actually found bones there. They found a body in that spot where he had kind of blacked out and freaked out. Oh my God. Wow. Oh, I have chills. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Brando. Oh, wow. I wonder (laughs) if his cop friend ever went back there feeling like more a little, I can handle this now because I'm a cop. I cannot, but can you imagine, you know, your cop friends like, Hey, we found bones in X, Y, Z spot. And you're like, wait a minute, you found them where? (laughs) So we do Brando. I'm afraid for you. Thanks for your submission, (laughs) Brando. Great story. Really appreciate it. We got another one for us, Sean. I do. Um, This one is uh, from a Reddit user. I am going to probably butcher the name. Woet 1990. Wowit, wooit, wowit. Wowit says, well, I don't have a giant ghost story. I have a bunch of small ones. I was a paramedic for a while and lived a block and a half away from a pair of late 1800s cemeteries in Western suburban Chicago. So Wowit 1990 says, my sister and I were home alone one summer night, windows open with two dogs that had had hair trigger. We had one of those large blue garbage cans with the arm grabs and tilts, like the 30 pound cans each, you know, the 30 pound, you know, like the, yeah. the garbage man, garbage, the big garbage, not like, like the yeah. ones like in GTA. Can I tell you just, so, I'm sorry, the garbage cans are making me, I'm stoned. Um, so <laughs> when I came out to California, one of the things that really made me laugh is I, I'm a gamer. I like playing games and I played some GTA. Oh, 
in GTA, there's all the houses have these um, certain type of garbage and recycling and yard waste cans. And they're exactly like the garbage cans I have here. And I have a GTA moment every time I put my, my garbage cans out. So anyway, okay. So garbage cans. So they have, they have a garbage can. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. Stone side. So, so poor, poor Woe at 1990 is stuck living like a half a block away from these cemeteries. So he's got these garbage cans about 15 feet away from the window. Windows open, you know, mm-hmm. nice summer night. The sister also hears these two loud bangs about five seconds apart, which would maybe lead you to believe that someone's doing it as opposed to like maybe the wind knocked him over, you know, like bang, bang. Right, right. Yeah. If it's that rhythmic, you'd think maybe a person's doing it. Didn't hear anything else. No running, no jumping uh, on the fence, nothing. They ran outside and both cans were thrown about 30 feet. What? Like, was it windy? No. No. Whoa. Whoa. Was the, and there was no one around? No. Weird. That would freak me out. That's kind of, that's weird. Oh, another kitty. Hi, kitty, kitty. Oh, black and white fluffy kitty. That's Minnie. Hi, Minnie. Today is Kitty Day at Shell's house. It is. We've got Minnie and Jax. It's definitely Kitty Day. That's because it's warm today and the windows are open, so they keep going from window to window. Oh, hi, kitties. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Thankfully, they uh, uh, they they aren't uh, following ghosts or, or any strange <laughs> paranormal things. Right? right? right Cats now. and their like weird ghost senses. So Woet, being a, being a paramedic, was unfortunately uh, one day transporting a woman who was dying. Oh, that's got to be a hard part of the job. I'm sorry, Woet. She had a DNR, which has also got to be frustrating because even if you thought you could do something, you really can't. Right. Um, so so the, lady, the lady they were transporting had a DNR and was unconscious. So there wasn't much they could do but drive. Woet was in the back uh, with her. And saw her when her heart rhythm had indicated that she had passed away. Mm, all hail the traveler. Well, it says that there was almost an immediate swirling breeze in the back of the ambulance. Not like papers flying around, but you could feel it for sure. What? It was not breezy in the back. What? They had no windows open in the ambulance. In a closed ambulance? Like oh, there, was a, there was like a breeze swirling around? No fucking way. All I can think of, this is how I'm visualizing this currently. You got this body laying on a gurney in the back of an ambulance and almost like a tornado swirling out from the body up. Like a dust devil. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's, that's how I'm visualizing this. Like her soul leaving her body, basically. The swirl of a soul as it leaves her body. Oh my goodness! Right, right, and 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 witnessing that has got to be sad yet interesting. One of those experiences that you don't know to whether to be intrigued or heartbroken. A little bit of both, I think. So, so those were those were well, what nineteen nineties um two experiences. Well, thank you for being a, an EMT, Wowit. That's kudos to to Wowit 1990 for for all that you do as being a paramedic. Because unfortunately, um, you probably sadly see a lot of people pass and and have a lot of those types of experiences. And you know, as as much as that can be interesting, it's it's heartbreaking at the same time, especially when you're doing it on the reg. So, shout out to you for being a paramedic. Very much so. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So what kind of candy are you eating? 
<laughs> I am eating, you know, you know how they put out candy for the next holiday, like eight years oh, yeah. in advance. So Easter candy's out. So I am eating Almond Joy eggs. Ooh, yummy. Yeah. Um, I, I know that the, the world is very torn on coconut. It's pretty much a split divide. I am on the pro coconut side. Love coconut. Also pro coconut. Yeah. Same. Love coconut. Almond joy with nuts or without. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I love when my children get candy. Well, they're adults now, but even still they give it to me now. But but I, I always was guaranteed all the coconut candy. Loved it. Yeah. So what is your spooky, what is your spooky next story? Our listener story. Mm, I got to put down this cherry headband bong I'm smoking because it's so (laughs) tasty. (laughs) It's really good. Excuse me. My next story is from Shelby and Shelby writes, I'm Shelby and this is my spooky story. So thank you for sharing your story, Shelby. She says, I was really ill as a kid. So just to put that out there before I get too far into my story, Milo, I might need to let my cat out (laughs) if he doesn't stop being a jerk. I was really ill as a kid. (laughs) So just to put that out there before I get too far into my story. So hold on to that and see if that makes a difference at the end of it here. It was summer and I was too sick for summer school that year. So one day my grandma arranged for me to go to my friend's house across the street the next afternoon. And I was to stay at her house the night before so that I didn't have to spend all day by myself at my own house or to have my mom drive me in the morning. It was the year 2000 something. And I had a great night with my grandma. Aw, nice. So I had a great night with my grandma. We played cards and talked and did beads and embroidery all night. That sounds like a great night with your grandma. I mean, it does. It does. Then we went to bed like any other night we had a sleepover. I would stay with her during the weekends, but sometimes... Like this particular night, she had to leave for work the next morning. I was a big girl and was ready to have a half day alone. So anyway, I got up and had breakfast that morning with my grandmother before she went to work at 6 a.m. She told me to have a good day and to not get into trouble like she did every other time we parted ways. I told her to do the same. And then she said she would call and wake me up later in case I fell asleep. It was a little early when she left, so I took a nap on her couch, thinking if I went back to bed, I'd sleep all day and not make it to my friend's house in time for a lunch. A while after falling asleep, or so I thought, I felt my blanket fall off me, and it was cold, so cold that I shot up, thinking something was wrong. Realizing a few seconds later, just where I was, ooh, yeah, so they had their blankets pulled off me. What is it with ghosts pulling blankets off people? Pervs, ghosty pervs. Pervs. <laughs> or maybe they're just like, we want everyone else to be cold too. Or maybe they know the power of the protection of the blanket. And so they're trying to like preemptively take your protection away from you. I bet that's it. I don't know. If I was a ghost, I'd probably be a little pervy on occasion, <laughs> at least. At least on occasion. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I felt my blanket fall off me and it was cold, so cold that I shot up thinking something was wrong. Realizing a few seconds later, just where I was, the world slowed and about halfway through sitting the rest of the way up, a wave of nausea and bone deep chills hit me as fast as they would fade. I saw some movement across the room and quickly went to put my glasses on to see who was home. Excited that it might be my grandpa home from driving truck, I fumbled a bit. I found my glasses, put them on, and then realized it's still dark outside. Weird. Yeah. I look around, all the lights are on in the living room where I was sleeping and the ones in my grandma and grandpa's room down the hall were on as well. 
I don't remember turning them on except for the one next to the couch. Oh, wow. I then think for sure Papa is home and call out for him as I walk towards the bedroom. No answer. Not a problem. He has a hard time hearing from driving truck. I take another step and the chills and nausea waves rush over me once more. Oh, geez. I notice a dial tone coming from the phone in the bedroom. Oh, God. Suddenly sick to my stomach. This is sounding really creepy. Suddenly sick to my stomach. I take a hard left before the bedroom into the bathroom like an instinct right before throwing up, barely making it to the toilet before vomit erupts out of me like a science experiment gone rogue. Oh, good writing there. That's very graphic. (laughs) Very graphic. Right? Oh my gosh. Like the dial tone from the phone is what really, really creeps me out. Does that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. No. Wow. Uh, A minute later, the nausea spikes and drops as the heat returns to the room, following a figure as it crosses past the open bathroom door with me kneeling in front of the toilet. (gasps) I'm peering out the corner of my eye, pretending I didn't see a thing. That's what I would totally do. Increasingly tensing up. When it passes fully, I collapse and sit down waiting for the nausea to pass before venturing out of my current known safe safe zone, before venturing out of my current known safe zone. Bang, I hear the door close and the dial tone go from a buzz in a distant room to being so loud that my little self was willed to go and hang it back up no matter what was going on. Oh my God. Wow. Wow. Right? So the dial tone's getting louder. I leave the bathroom and go into the bedroom where the blankets on my grandmother's side of the bed were folded open almost too perfectly for it to to have been done by her. And atop the covers, the phone lay with the line open. The hairs on my back stood up as I grabbed the phone to hang it up. I'm now too scared to be by myself in the house. And with the sun finally coming up, I'm thinking it's only 7.30 or so. I leave the house and sat outside until my grandmother called later on around nine to wake me up. Oh, shit. Right? Oh, my gosh. I would totally sit outside. That's freaking creepy. I'd leave. (laughs) It sounds like she did. She sat on the steps outside. No, I like leave the property. (laughs) You like go to the friend's house early. Be like, hey, I know I'm early for lunch, but I'm here now. I pretended to be just waking up. And her not realizing I was sitting outside, grasping the garage phone in my hand increasingly tightly for the last hour and a half. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that poor, terrified kid just holding the phone tightly, waiting? Oh, my gosh. My heart breaks. That must have been so scary. I can't recall ever telling anyone besides a school friend once about this, let alone my grandmother, for fear that she might not feel safe at home alone without us during the week. Oh, what a caring kid. That's so kind. But yeah, so fucked up because what if the ghost was the one after your grandma? Like, wouldn't want you warn her? <laughs> I know you don't want to scare her, but like the heads up would have been nice. Just, you know, maybe, maybe that, you know, it never happened again or something. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Who knows? Oh my goodness. That's kind of creepy. So she says that, um, I can't recall ever telling anyone besides a school friend once about this, let alone my grandmother. Oh yeah, I just said that. I will never know if it was a home invader or just Bill, the next door neighbor coming to grab something and I startled him. So he just left without a word. You'd think if it was the neighbor, they would have said something. I'm going with ghosty. I'm not going with neighbor. 
It may have been the mind of an anemic child riding the line of life and death or a ghost. I'm going with ghost. I would flatline. Oh my God. I would flatline a week or so later. (gasps) Oh shit. At the hospital from blood loss due to my illness. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Who knows? The Reaper may have had his schedule off and come for me on the wrong day. <gasps> so oh my he God. just let himself back out the way he came. Holy oh my shit. This took a dark turn. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Where did the Reaper come from? Well, obviously they were way sicker than we realized because if they flatlined and almost died a week later, maybe it was the Grim Reaper coming. It was like, oh, wait, got the wrong day. Got to come a week later. Oh, shit. Wrong appointment time. I was thinking somebody else. (laughs) Who among us hasn't shown up a little early for an appointment time, really? Or maybe it was something that was trying to hold off the Reaper. Oh, maybe. Maybe it was something that was trying to warn her. Maybe it was more of a protective ghosty. Oh, my God. Oh, now I have chills again. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? Somebody being like, oh, my God, look out. What's with the dial tone? What was what was with the phone? Like, was someone trying to contact her? Were they trying to tell her something? Here's the thing. That's where I'm going with that thought. You know, maybe it was an old family member trying to come warn her the spirit of an ancestor, the spirit of a past loved one. And maybe... um, you know, ghosts work in weird ways and maybe they were trying to get the message through on the phone. Or maybe the neighbor was trying to call some of those like 1-900 numbers using his uh, next door neighbor's phone and got caught and took off. Yeah, but why would the dial tone get bigger and longer and louder? And, <laughs> and the waves of nausea? I don't know. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe it, maybe it was like a, a, a message that someone was trying to say, look, shit's about to get real in your health-related life. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, wow. Messages from beyond or the Grim Reaper miss- missing an appointment. Nobody ever wants the Grim Reaper to show up early. We would all like the Grim Reaper to be as late as possible. Thank you. (laughs) You know, and we've mentioned this before, I think on a couple different podcasts, but Shelby didn't tell anyone about it. You know, I mean, these people are telling us because we ask and that's, you know, that's a little different, but a lot of these people don't go around bragging to everyone. You know, they'll tell people in a safe space, like, you know, a forum on the internet or, or us, a podcast who is interested in this, but this type of thing. Thanksgiving dinner combo. Right. They're not, they're not out there like telling everyone they meet these stories. You know, they kind of keep them a little close to the vest until they feel comfortable telling them. So that's, that's pretty interesting. Thank you for your story. Thank you. Thank you, Shelby, for your story. And by the way, I am, I am glad that you were able to fight off the Reaper and are still here to tell your tale. Oh man. Yeah. Anytime you're able to escape the Reaper, that's a victory. And it sounds like you did it twice. Kudos. Right. I'm doing another dab. (laughs) So pardon me while you set up your story. This next listener story. And let me tell you, I am so glad I got this story. I feel bad for the guy, kind of a crazy experience, but this guy had me laughing. Oh, a funny story. I love those. I I, I wasn't laughing at his experience. I was really laughing more at how he told it. (laughs) (laughs) So his first line, he he caught me at word one. Okay. This, This guy had me roped in at word one. He writes, for the record, I am not a witch, but I am married to one. Lucky you. And I smoke enough weed to kill a rhino. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. Married to a witch and a pot smoker. 
quality guy, you know, quality guy. That sounds like something I would say. Like I'm the, I would actually say something like, yeah, I smoke enough weed to kill a rhino. Right. We both definitely fall into that category of, of uh, probably smoking more than our fair share is how I would put it. So like this dude is already like my long lost best friend. Okay. <laughs> welcome to the fold best friend. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the fold. Our anonymous best friend, your wife too. please bring the witchy woman along. Bring the wife, bring the wife. We will, we will do, we will do witchy stuff with her and, and smoke like rhinos with you. Um, <laughs> This lovely anonymous couple live in San Antonio, Texas. So he says, my experience centers around a friend of mine and his brother. My friend R was a mechanic at his parents' shop at the end of his street. He lived in a small guest house next to his parents' house and ran their business and took care of them as they were elderly. Okay. Nice guy. Nice guy. Very thoughtful. Well, so they're there hanging one day. And he says, we were smoking while watching TV one day. Sounds like something you and I would do. It does indeed. When he heard someone coughing in the back room, which was unoccupied and used for storage. Oh, no, 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 no. So he says, did you just hear someone coughing? And his friend goes, yep. And he goes, who's back there? And he goes, nobody. Are you like, his friends all nonchalant about some random coughing coming from an empty room? Yeah, we just got some stoner ghost in the back. Don't mind him. He's smoking his own weed. <laughs> as long as he brings his own shit. So then the friend is just like, yeah, whatever. My house is haunted. Okay. Like you just leave it at that friend. Friend, where's your details? So our anonymous, our anonymous guy goes on to say, in fact, the construction crew that was working on the main house had just walked off the job and even left a bunch of their tools because they were scared. <sighs> that's that's pretty scared. Those tools are not cheap. So our rhino smoking friend here decides he does remodeling work and he's looking to make a quick buck. He'll take sure. over. Hey, why not? Tools are still there. Who's afraid of a little ghost? Well, apparently our friend here. <laughs> I still, all I can imagine... Is this Texan construction guy who just pounds down weed like nobody's business. And I love it. I love it. Right. I love it. So the entire time he worked there, he felt like he was being watched. And he goes on to say more times than I could count. I'd see shadows in the corner of my eye. This was all in the main house. And I always felt uncomfortable there. Figures. In the guest house, even stranger shit went down. For some strange reason, between the living room and the kitchen and the wall up to the bedroom, there was a window. Like, who was a window in the middle of their house? I don't know. These people. Yeah. Sometimes when you make an addition or something, you might leave the window like as a little architectural detail, maybe. Well, next to the window was a TV. And many times they'd be watching TV and they would see someone peek around the side of the window. Like, what the fuck? Just like a random ghost or gremlin or something? So like, like what? There's, like, this friend just invites people over. It's like, oh, just like watch TV. Pay no, pay no mind to the ghost in the window. Right? <laughs> oh, that's just the ghost. just spying on us. I mean, what? But he, but, he, but he goes on to say that it would be a really quick peek. And he goes, it was unnerving as fuck. Well, yes, it yeah. is. I'm just hearing about it. And it's unnerving as fuck. 
And he goes, every time it happened, my buddy R and I would look at each other. So we, so, so I knew it wasn't me just tripping. Maybe you were both tripping. Maybe, Maybe. You, wished you were both tripping. Maybe the weed was just that good. So then what does the scaredy cat do? Brings his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Did he, he bring her for confirmation or just to hang out? He says, this is what he goes on to say. My, my wife started hanging out there as well. They'd watch Spurs games and barbecue. Ooh, I could go for some barbecue. Yeah. Barbecue would be nice. Smoking weed and barbecuing. Oh, fuck. Yeah. This guy's so smart. Weed, yes. barbecue. Oh my God. Our people, our people. So the <laughs> wife sees the face in the window. She freaks out. Now, remember. Well, yeah. Did they not warn her? Did we go back to like this friend just doesn't fucking tell people that there's legit ghosts here? Well, and, and remember from the beginning of this story, his wife is a witch. She's not a witch, but his wife is a witch. Right. So she's a witch going to hang out for some barbecue and spurs. So anonymous friend, I got a confession to make. I don't know what the spurs are. I know they're a sports team, but I don't know what sport. I know it's a probably a Texas sport team, but if it isn't hockey, I don't know it. But whatever Spurs are, they were watching the Spurs game and having barbecue. So you're going to bring your wife over. She's going to freak out. But so, of course, is the is the guy, uh, you know, he found it validating that his wife saw the face <laughs> that his wife freaked out, too. <laughs> oh, sorry, honey. You're a horrible husband. Here's why he wanted to be validated, because um I can understand. You don't want to influence her before she shows up. You just kind of want to get a natural reaction. Well, no, he has a better reason. Um, he found it personally validating because him and his friend are smoke a lot of weed <laughs> and his wife doesn't smoke. So he thought it'd be nice for a sober head to confirm what they were saying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I smoke. I also smoke that much weed that sometimes I'm like, did that happen or did I smoke too much? So, yeah. So over the next couple of months, they'd go there and she would invariably have her hair pulled or be pinched. I would be like, husband, I'm going to fuck you up for bringing me to this house. Well, yeah, it sounds like it escalated (laughs) with her. Is it jealous or is it upset? Like before, it sounds like it was just kind of smoking with them in the back room and kind of peeking around the corner, watching what they were watching on TV. But now you get the girlfriend or or wife, rather, I'm sorry, get the witchy wife show up and she sees this ghost and she's getting pinched and she's getting pinched and getting her hair pulled. You know, that sounds like it's kind of escalated to me. And she's not even high enough to be okay with it. A lot of, you know, not all witches, but a lot of witches are very sensitive. So maybe she was just more sensitive to to what was going on and and not blunted by, you know, an ounce of fine, kind bud. You know, here, here him and his friend are, are sitting there getting high on the good weed. And they're letting this poor girl get her hair pulled and get pinched. And she's stone cold sober. Dude, like you owe her dinner. Like you owe her dinner. Bottom line. Oh, yeah. Final straw for our anonymous friend here that I love is so he's working there, decides to be the construction guy. He's working one day alone in the guest house. Wouldn't you think by now that he wouldn't do that? Yeah. Why would you go there alone? You know better. You know better. Your wife knows better. Ask your wife. Typical man story. So he goes on to say, I was relaxing on the toilet in the bathroom. (laughs) And the bathroom door opens outward 
and the house isn't level. So if the door isn't closed, it will swing open. <laughs> he goes, as I was on my knees. Oh, maybe he wasn't pooping. Maybe he was working. Oh, maybe I'm he was sorry. working. I didn't, I didn't mean to imply you were pooping. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you do, you have experienced men, you know, men. As he was on his knees, bolting the toilet to the floor. Mm. Yay, hardworking man. As he's on his knees, bolting the toilet to the floor, the bathroom door violently shuts. What? No, wait, he said it was because the house wasn't level. It would swing open. Right. And it it violently shut. Wow. So that would take some like force. That's not something. Uphill battle. Yeah. To quote him, it scared the living fuck out of me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, Same. Same, dude. (laughs) He jumped hit his head on the sink and ran out of the bathroom. Oh, shit. Oh, man. (laughs) Don't hurt yourself escaping from the ghost. There was no one in the house. He rushed out. No one. Oh, shit. He calls his friend R thinking he was fucking with him. R was like down the road. He was like at a store. Not even nearby. Not even a practical joke from the friend. Damn. You know what you know what our friend did? Quit working there that day. Yeah. (laughs) I think I'd be I'd follow the professionals and be like, you know what? You're gonna have to get someone else to do your repairs, man. Too haunted. What happened was, you know, ours brother Jay, I love how he actually like totally wrote this out for us so that we didn't even have to worry about names. Ours brother Jay was working at the oil fields at the time. Because you remember the Texas oil fields. So Jay was the first one to tell him that the house was haunted. So they were smoking one night, probably the good weed. And this story came up and he'd asked if he had ever been to three paths. And he oh, said, that sounds like a place. It does. And he said that he hadn't. So they went. He, now, now, our anonymous friend describes it. It's outside the gates of one of the missions and it's super haunted. I, you know, there, there's a lot of Spanish missions down there. Yeah, Okay. Um, And he says that he's been there many times with many people and they've had weird shit happen almost every time while walking on the concrete paths. You can hear someone walking in the grass next to you. You can see the grass bending over and hear twigs cracking. They saw an orb so bright. They thought it was a cop's flashlight and started to take out their license. You have now found an orb friend. Yay. Yes, the story has everything, everything. Not only does he smoke like a rhino, but he has orb stories. Yes, I love orbs. And this one was as bright as a cop's flashlight. Fuck. Then he goes on to say another another interesting tidbit. His son is a photographer and actually caught a misty looking apparition on his camera there. And what? he says he mentions this because all this while all this was going on, Jay came to town for the weekend He had been working in the oil fields, checking pump stations, which are 20 to 30 miles away from anything. And out of boredom, took a selfie to post on a dating website. As one does, as one does. What is with oil riggers in in like Tinder? It wasn't until a girl who replied to him pointed out that he pointed out to him that there was another figure in the picture. What? Plain as day over his left shoulder. And they can only describe it as a Grim Reaper-like figure. What's with the Grim Reaper? Oh, the Grim Reaper again. Oh, my gosh. Wow. You can actually see four skeletal fingers on his shoulder. No way. Oh, that's a little much. 
He says he only mentions it because he wasn't sure if it was a familial haunting or if Jay had something follow him home from three paths or if it was just um, a ghost in the house. So basically, he's wondering if this ghost of this Grim Reapery thing from the oil fields was brought back to this house. Maybe. Holy cow. So could Jay have brought this Grim Reapery type presence back to the house and it stayed in the house? Or is it just something that was with the house? And it followed Jay. Or was it just attached to the house? You know, was it right, attached to right. Jay? Was it attra- attached to the house? What What the hell? But either way, our, our, our friend here was, was scared shitless. Now, um, our, our friend did ask, he did say at the bottom um, that, that he would love for us to share his story. And if we do, to give credit of the story to be evil. So be evil. This one's for you. And I'm going to smoke like a rhino today in your honor. Uh, this bong's for you, Mr. Be Evil. Thank you so much. What a good story. Love it. Love it. Like I was laughing. Like I'm not laughing at the fact that you were scared. I'm just laughing at how you told your story. Love it. So love good. It. So good. And you still owe your wife dinner, dude. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, my next story comes from Braden C. And Braden says, hey there, witches. I've got a couple of ghost stories for you. If you're interested, every one of them experienced by myself and family. I'm a 27-year-old man and a witch myself, along with my wife. Hey, witches. What up, witches? (laughs) These stories all happened before college. I love how many witches wrote in. How awesome is that? Love our witchy friends. Truly love our witchy friends. You know, our next full moon, we should have like a, a little virtual podcast coven of witches full moon of that or something. Um, That would be fun. Actually, that kind of would be fun. Brayden says, these stories all happened before college. Feel free to tell them all at once or to spread them across multiple episodes if you'd prefer. So we're just going to do one story today, Brayden. This one is called The Sleepover. Yeah. Brayden says, so when I was a kid around eight to 10 years old, I would occasionally spend the night at my cousin's house in rural Texas. Ooh, Texas representing again. They and their parents lived in a nice little farmhouse where their dad raised horses. You know, Texas, I think is really haunted. Apparently it was just outside of my hometown and it was terribly haunted. Just a quick list of occurrences before I get into my personal story. The cabinets in the kitchen would slam open and closed in the night. Whispering noises could be heard. Doors would open on their own. You would hear knocking on the front door at night sometimes. And according to my cousins and their dad, their second oldest would often see a dark figure standing in the hallway that led from his room to his parents. Ooh. So with that said, the night I remember most was one of the last nights I spent over there before my cousin's parents decided to make the den a joint a joint, <laughs> a joint room for their boys. <laughs> I, my stone ass read that as a joint room. And I was like, wow, I want a joint room. <laughs> I mean, I have a joint tin. I do like joints. So I'm like, Hey, I want a joint room. That's not, that's not what he meant. That's not, that's not, you know, no wrong kind of joint. Okay. So to make the den a joint room for their boys, like like a (laughs) co-room. After a long day of being little terrors, we were settled into bed. The setup of my cousin's rooms were interesting. 
While laying in bed, there was a door to the living room on your left, a door to the eldest boy's room. It was, wasn't connected to any other rooms, but this one on the right. So kind of like those shotgun houses, you know, where you like, in order to get to one bedroom, you have to go through another bedroom. You ever see those yeah. in yeah. some yeah, older yeah. houses? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it sounds like their bedrooms were like that. You go into the one bedroom and then in to get into the last bedroom, you have to go through the first bedroom. So, and the hallway to the parents' room. Okay. So the doorway is the living room on your left and then a door to the other bedroom on the, on the right and a hallway to the parents' room straight across from you on the left side of the wall. Honestly, the night was pretty peaceful to start. My younger cousin insisted that we watch Care Bears so he could sleep. Oh, I love Care Bears. <laughs> I love Care Bears. And within minutes, we were all snoozing comfortably. The horror for me began a few hours later when the VHS stopped with that familiar click. Ooh. That familiar click that happens when a tape ends and the screen reverts to blue. See, now we're getting into poltergeist movie territory. Oh. Right? Doesn't it sound like that? A little bit. A little bit. I've always been a light sleeper. Me too. So it woke me with a start. I wanted to go rewind the tape and play it again so the room wasn't filled with that electric rain from the old TV. But I found myself rooted in place by a fear with seemingly no origin. As the minutes came and went, I grew increasingly stressed and tried to wake my cousins. This was a desperate move because they were both terrible grumpy monsters when they were woken up, but they wouldn't budge. Ooh, So he's like Ooh. filled with this rising dread and they won't even wake up. As my oh. efforts grew more frantic, I was stopped dead by this horrible, cold feeling of dread, like something was standing over me. I turned towards the door to my older cousin's room on the right next to the TV and stared for a moment, unable to look away, holding my breath. I didn't know why I was so focused on it and terrified, but it became obvious the second that the doorknob turned. That room wasn't connected to the rest of the house, just this room. My heart was racing. The doorknob clicked, signaling it was turned all the way around, and the door began to creak open slowly. I'm not ashamed to say I ran, leaving my cousins to whatever was going to come out of that door. I guess it was empty. Had it been empty? I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. Everybody was sleeping in that one. Oh, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. So that room was empty. It was supposed to be empty. Holy shit. Ooh. I would have started freaking out. I would have started freaking out. Right? Oh, yeah. So I, I'm not ashamed to say I ran, leaving my cousins to whatever was going to come out of that door. He was a Dude, little that's kid. Okay. That's okay. Don't no shame. No, no shame. shame. Run. I bolted at full speed down the hallway, the shadowy main hall, the shadow man hallway. I bolt I bolted at full speed down the hallway, the shadow man hallway. And that's the one where the kid had seen the shadow man. And right. into their parents' room, where I promptly screamed and shook their father awake. My uncle is a good guy and very protective. I'm glad he lied to me that night. He told me that it was the house settling on its foundation and that that can open doors. And he says in quotes, that can open doors, but it can't turn doorknobs. And he took <laughs> me back to the room. I was hysterical, terrified of the demon slash monster slash Freddy Krueger on the other side of the door and scared. And that scared my younger cousin as well. My uncle insisted it was just the house, but he told us he would lay us out blankets and pillows in the living room and he would sleep on the couch so that we felt safe and so that he could get some sleep, which is, you know, more likely. He told me when I was around 20, long after they'd moved out of the house, that he knew it wasn't the house settling. 
What a dick. You know, he had experienced similar events and he was horrified that night. What oh, a liar. He told me that he needed to keep us calm and he slept in the living room to protect us and probably to keep himself calm. Too. Probably he kept it. He slept in the living room because he was scared and thought you'd protect his scared ass. Right. And he said also to literally protect them so that if something went wrong, he could swoop us up and get us out the front door. Thanks, uncle. I'm glad we had you looking out for us. Oh my and lying. Wow. Well, I guess like now that I think about it, I guess I can't blame him for lying to a, a bunch of little kids. Right. You know, they were just like eight to 10. He said, <laughs> but he did move them to a place where he could get them out of the house quickly. If he needed to, how wow. freaking creepy, you know, shit's real. When you feel like you could potentially have to actually flee. Right. If, if, if a grown ass adult is like, you know, I might need to get these kids out here in a, in a heartbeat. And moves them to a safe location. You know that that they're more than a little spooked out. Wow. Braden signs off and says, I have more stories to tell and more in detail. Just let me know if you want to hear more. We do. Braden. (laughs) Shout out to Braden. We love your, we we want more. We do. He says, until then, stay witchy, stay safe, and enjoy the spooky stories. We will, Braden. Thank you. Love it. Love it. Love it. It's awesome. Thank you, Brady. Such good listeners. Oh my gosh, what a spooky freaking story! Holy shit, doors open in old houses sometimes. I get it. There's drafts sometimes. I get it, but the doorknob turning—that doesn't happen by wind. Or the doorknob gravity. turning yeah. does not happen by wind. No way. No. That no. is too creepy. Mm-mm. That's when you know that shit's about to get real. Right? Empty room, doorknob turning, and then the door opens. My ass is out of that room too, Braden. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're on the fast track to this is real at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think I'm going to get out my little um, mystifying mince Ouija board looking joint tin. Do you like all my joints? Nice. Nice, nice right? I'm going to smoke a joint while you tell your next story. <laughs> now, this this next story, um, I keep getting, I get these, I got another anonymous one. I'm getting these anonymous men here. I think sometimes the the, the females are a little quicker to admit uh, when they've seen stuff than some of our men, but that's okay. You know, I wonder if that's true. I wonder if that's true. I wonder if, uh, you know, those of us of the female persuasion feel a little more comfortable talking about it. We maybe feel a little more admitting it, it, admitting it, you know, maybe it's uh, those of the masculine persuasion of whatever flavor you are. And maybe they feel they have to tough it out or something, or I don't know. So, so this next listener um, anonymous uh, says back in 2007, my wife and I split dude, I've been there and I've done that. And, you know, I hope you are a better person at this point. She left and he fell into a rut of work and sleep. He goes on to say, my mother came to visit to check on me. Prior to her visit, there had been odd things happening. Silhouettes in the living room window, voices in other rooms. He mostly laughed it off and kept rolling. He goes on to say, I was working a new job and was focused. While my mother visited, she commented on hearing voices. I didn't want to say anything, but eventually curiosity got me and I asked. She stated that she would hear a voice calling my name from the closet. I what was kind of wait. Yeah. No, no closets. No, I'm sorry. So, like, apparently, Someone calling he, your kid's name from the closet—that's when you call in an exorcist or a really fucking good witch. He's not there. His mom's there, and his mom hears someone calling his name from the closet. Okay, no. hell no, hell no. 
like the ghost is wondering where he is. Now, I don't know how old of a guy he was. Obviously, he was married and, and divorced at this point, so he wasn't a kid. But he goes, I was kind of struck that she wasn't scared or upset. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. what happened? And you know what she said? What? She said she told him he's not here. Now shut up and be still. <laughs> what? His mom <laughs> just like casually told off the closet ghost. Dude's not here. Shut up and be still. And it did. It listened to her. Like, did she use that mom voice? Because this seemed to do the trick and there was no more issues for several years. No fucking way. No fucking way. Just tell him. Just do the mom. Like I said, sometimes you just have to fucking tell him. Badass mama. Badass mama. Tell him, mama. The ghost nice. calling out her his kids from the closet. She's like, he's not here. Shut up and be still, bitches. <laughs> And it listened for years. Listen. So fast forward to 2010. Shit gets a little weirder. So in 2010, he goes on to say, I had a new girlfriend and we had moved into our second place. She complained of children laughing while I was at work. I never heard it myself, but I figured, eh, and I recommended she get rid of them. You know, his only experience is his mom told him mom to shut the fuck him. up and they did. So girlfriends should be able to do the same thing. He goes, if you hear them and I don't, then they are for you. Send them to the rest. Wow. Hey, like, like he's on the right track. If he ain't hearing it and you are, it's probably your message and your shit. Take very care good of your point. Own shit. Very good point. Take care of your own shit. Exactly. Um, so yeah, he recommended he get rid of him several weeks on. She stopped talking about it. And over the years just made jokes about it, but eventually they parted ways, broke up, what have you. And he was back to living alone. And occasionally he would think that he saw something running out of the living room when he'd come home, like a white flash of something that would run from the next to the next room. And I love this. This is to quote this guy. I love how people tell their stories. He told himself that he was nuttier than a Christmas log and went on with his life. <laughs> nice. So wait, after all these experiences that people have had, he's going to dismiss his own paranormal experience as just himself being, quote, nuttier than a Christmas log? Correct. Correct. Okay. All right. That's some well, self-denial right there. One night, a friend came home with him from the bar. Little uh, something, something. Right, right. She jumped like she was struck when she opened the door. <laughs> and she goes, what the fuck was that? And he goes, what? What did you see? <laughs> and he was looking around and she goes, she could have seen, she could have sworn she saw a woman standing behind the chair. No shit. Wow. He looked around the apartment and didn't find anything. So, so from voices to him seeing like flashes of an image to now a full-blown apparition maybe she was just super sensitive well then they just figured they had a little too drinky drinky and blew it off and went to sleep why why are you ignoring all these things all these signs this is why do people ignore that the house tells you to get out you get out and then he goes on to say this happened several more times with other people always the same they saw a woman behind my chair and each time i would find nothing and dismiss it and dismiss it like a man again again the evidence is piling up you're hearing auditory things and then now you're seeing things now people everyone that comes in is seeing an apparition in the same place 
I'm sorry, but you've got to start thinking at some point that this is an actual full-blown haunting of some sort. Something's going on. Mom comes back. (laughs) Oh, good. Mama needs to take care of this shit because obviously it got out of hand. One Christmas, the mom comes to visit. She complained often of someone walking around in the living room while she was trying to sleep. He himself had heard the footsteps before, but put it off to his imagination. Again. Come on, dude. At this point, you're just self-deluding yourself now. Well, then he goes on to say, I'm hearing footsteps in my apartment. Who the hell is going to believe that? Dude, I believe you. Okay. I believe you. We believe you. He goes, as time goes, as time passes, he ignored it and got comfortable with it. Obviously, he keeps dismissing all these things. They never seem to do much. um, Not harmful. The lady behind the chair always ran away. Nothing was a problem, except occasionally the person he was with would say, there's a guy staring at us from the next room. And he'd make a joke about it. And they'd continue doing what they were doing. Creepy. Oh, why is the ghost staring at you? No, I'm sorry. Pervy peeking ghosts? No. So it sounds like there would be a guy staring from a room and the lady behind the chair. So, and then children laughing. So we're talking about multiple a whole family or something, multiple, you know, it's not just one ghosty, right? Something from the closet. Now you got to wonder what the history of this place is. So fast forward to 2016, he meets his second wife. Congratulations. And he had found, found through their getting to know each other that she was very used to seeing ghosts and actually hated dealing with them. How does he keep ending up with all these sensitive people? I wonder if it's something about him or something about the place that he lives that he keeps attracting sensitives. Now, as she put it, they would stand around like they wanted something scaring the crap out of her, but they'd never say anything. So basically, they concluded that maybe she can't hear them but can see them. So after they started, after she moved in, shortly after she moved in, she started seeing white blurs behind his chair and they blew it off as an overactive imagination. Dude, <laughs> like, do you need like a two by four, like semi four? need packs? a written map. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? So they're karaoke fans. Love karaoke. I, I guess he met his second wife through karaoke. Maybe it was like that Captain and Tennille love will keep us together. I don't know. Um, So often she would practice her songs while he was at work or if he was playing video games. He mentions this because it made him accustomed to hearing singing in the house. One night he realized that she was singing, but she wasn't home. Wait, so he what? She would always practice karaoke around the house. So he was used to just living his life, hearing her sing in the background. So one night he's hearing her sing. But but she's not home. Then it dawns on him that she was out with her girlfriend and was not home. So now the ghost is mimicking his wife's voice, fiance's voice. He says, I I wandered around the house thinking that maybe she left her laptop or or a TV or something on. Nope, nothing. The singing stopped too. This can... This continued for several months until I said something. Dude, why is he ignoring so much stuff? So then the, then the, then the second wife here, she reassures him that it's just his imagination. And he goes along with it. Sure, why not? I'm going to let it go. Until one night, he heard a scream from the bathroom. And his wife came barreling out of the bathroom like she had been scalded with hot water. Screaming, swearing. So he got her a drink. 
she had heard singing. Now, so she's naked in the shower and starts hearing singing and realizes she's hearing her own voice. Wait a minute. Now she's hearing herself sing? Her only voice. Whoa. She said, ghosty. Oh my goodness. She said she thought it was the pipes and started singing with it. Got out of the shower. Why would you think? I don't know. Got out of the shower, started to towel off. She dried off her arm and turned to drive another, dry off the other arm. And there was a woman standing next to her doing the same exact thing. Holy shit. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. Um, so oh wow that yeah oh wow and wow like a mirror image that's when she came out of the bathroom screaming yeah 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 same i totally would too i would have before that as soon as i heard myself singing i would not have sung along with me that would not be a duet moment that would be a run screaming out of the bathroom moment guess what happens next oh fuck what happened next they decide to ignore it all and move on what is up with these people? What is going on here? Why are they? How do you ignore this much stuff? I just, I can't even comprehend. This is what he says. He says, no sense letting the world know we were crazy. Wow. Wow. They just kept it to themselves because they, they thought they were both delusional. <laughs> like and all goes, these people. Oh my goodness. After so much validation. And then he goes that, and now keep in mind, this is his second wife. So he had his first wife, a string of girlfriends, some friends, his His mother, mother. now his second wife, like, dude, it's not you. It's not you. (laughs) Okay. We know you're not crazy. It's that house. Get out. Get out. Oh my goodness. It changed when someone threw a water bottle out of the kitchen. It was the third time it happened. And it, now they didn't throw a water bottle out of the kitchen. (gasps) <gasps> Didn't throw it at the at him and his wife, just straight out of the kitchen door into the wall. And they three actually, times it threw a water bottle out of the kitchen. Then they tried to get it to happen again. They figured out how to get the bottle to hit the wall opposite the dining room. Oh, now we're now it. we're really sounding poltergeisty here. You know, like when they set up the chairs in the kitchen. <laughs> now, this is what I thought was super cool. So, you know, if you're going to have a bunch of shit and you're going to act like, oh, I'm crazy, blah, blah, blah. You know, this isn't happening. Me and 40 other people. It's a figment of our imagination. These people actually, kudos, got a hold of some groups. And they had a group that was actually excited to come and interview them and document them about their experiences. Well, yeah. So I think it's very cool that they actually reached out to somebody after, I don't know, a long time. I think that's very smart. I mean, that much stuff happens to that many different people. I mean, that's... Took you long enough there, pal. Something weird is going on and you, you should probably reach out to some professionals. So the, so these people asked if they could come out and stay at the house and they actually, um, this man and his wife decided to leave the house and let them have the house all to themselves. The paranormal people got the singing. They had voices. Um, someone had picked up their camera, um, spirits. This is what I think is the creepiest thing that what I find the creepiest is that these ghosts were imitating their voices and calling their names. The paranormal group actually found something manifest in the hallway and then vanish um, bright purple light that phased in and flashed out. These paranormal investigators actually found a whole bunch of shit all throughout the house. 
and recommended that they have their house clean, uh, cleansed immediately, which they ended up doing. And they ended up moving because <laughs> they, uh, they had a, a crazy neighbor. Things were quiet, but they moved because they had a neighbor who was paranoid schizophrenic. And she started telling everyone that this guy's wife was a witch trying to kill them all. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So the new place they just recently moved into, um, they did go ahead and have blessed before they moved into it. Smart. And I would too, after everything they've been through. They had also asked that person to go and bless their old place. And we're told to leave coins and candies at the old place and then say, this is yours. Do not follow. And all he, all he leaves his story as that worked for about four months. Oh, wow. Dude, is there a part two? <gasps> I think we need part two. Holy fuck. Wow. Where's part two? Wow. I'm genuinely scared for these people. Now, this is what I'm wondering. Could this guy, Anonymous, could his wife, his first wife, because remember the story starts with went right after him and his first wife split. But that's a big emotional thing, too. You know, it could be the emotional turmoil sometimes causes like poltergeist type activity. You know, when you go through something big and emotional like that, maybe that kind of drew something out. But it follows him everywhere at multiple locations. I'm wondering if she just threw some bad juju. Ooh, not to throw any shade on the first wife or anything. <laughs> but yeah, for whatever reason, it sounds like around that time, something kind of attached to him. Wow. And it was asking for him. It was literally started out asking for him by name. And it bothers and mimics the females in his life. And it seems to be female in nature, you know, with females yeah. voice and, and all the, the, the women that he brings over seeing the woman in the hallway. There is that the one spirit seems to be a man, but mostly, yeah, it does seem to be some sort of female entity that's attached to him in some way for I some think reason. The thing, what strikes me about this story in particular is the fact that not very often, it's very rare when you hear about, um, ghosts haunting is paranormal activity where where a spirit is actually like mimicking your voice mimicking yeah. your sound that's a rare thing yeah when do you hear that that's not something i don't i don't think i've i can't think of any time i've heard that particular thing no you hear about you know oh i heard voices i heard them calling i heard them or crying, even i yelling. heard that sounded like my dad's voice who passed away like sometimes it'll sound like a person who's passed away but not you know, mimicking you 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 know right, what i mean right um so that really struck me about this story and actually kind of freaked me out yeah that's kind of freaky but i i do fear that because he's lived in so many locations, these these things I think are attached to him, not the Sounds locations. Sounds like it. Oh, please send us part two, anonymous. So he might think that he has shed whatever by blessing the old place. Like, dude, I want part two because yeah. I think this shit's attached to you, part and two. not where you live. Stonedwitcheshour at gmail.com. Please, we need more. We need more details. How are you doing? Are you okay? Yeah, like like singing singing witch part two, like singing ghost part. I need to know what happens next because I'm telling you, it's attached to you, not your location. <laughs> there you go. Free advice from Shell the Ghost Hunter. All right. Well, palate cleanser here. I'm going to go with a story that I actually skimmed over and I love this story so much, Shell. You're going to like this. And we all need this after that story, I think. 
So this person gave me their real name. His name is Samuel Sedil, and he sends us a true story. And he says, here is a true story. You should do this one to remind people that not all ghosts are evil. And thank you, Samuel. We really need that right now. He says, this happened about four years ago. So here's a little backstory. The day I found out my wife was going to have a baby girl, I was so excited. Absolutely. Baby girls are a blessing. Congratulations to you both. I called my grandma to tell her the exciting news. About three, maybe four hours later, I got a call from my little sister saying that my grandma had passed away. (gasps) Oh, that sucks. Yeah, right after telling her that wonderful news about his baby daughter. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's horrible. It is. He says, I was so heartbroken. Still am to this day. She was like my mother. We're heartbroken for you, Sam. Aww. He says, okay, so fast forward. It's about to be my daughter's first birthday. And I spent all day getting supplies for the party. Finally, I get home and the wife takes my daughter for a bath while I unpack everything. I happen to buy this writing toy we have all probably had at one point. You know, the one with the little pen attached to it. And if you need to sketch (laughs) (laughs) and if you need to erase anything, you slide the thing at the bottom till it's gone. I opened the toy for my daughter to play with when she gets out of the bath. Smart. That's a smart dad trick right there. Open the presents, get the toy out of all that crazy packaging before your little one-year-old gets to it. Right. Make it easy. So he says, I get distracted and start playing on my phone. Oh, I feel that. And it's just me alone in the room. My wife walks in the room and asks me a weird question. Did you write that? Now, keep in mind, I've been on my phone most of the time. I ask, what are you talking about? She then pointed at the toy. I picked it up because it was right next to me. And when I saw it, I couldn't believe it. There, plain as day, the name Viola was written in cursive handwriting. Was that his grandma? I started to feel like I was going insane because there was no way that name should be there. Number one, I can't even write cursive. And number two, that's my grandma's name who passed just about a year ago at the same time. He sent a picture. I'm going to show you. First of all, should we? Oh, my God. Right. Oh, wow. We need to talk about the fact that that grown man cannot write in cursive. That's a different (laughs) podcast, different podcasts. We're Gen X. I I don't think anyone younger than millennials can write in cursive. But he says that, so that was his grandmother's name. To this day, he says, I don't know how to explain it. It's just one of many wild experiences I've had in this lifetime. Because she was there for the birthday party. Right, she came and she wanted to sign her name. She was there. And show you. And yeah, so I showed you, he sent an actual picture. So thank you, Samuel. We really appreciate it. I love that story. I love that your grandmother came back. You know, I I do too, because that's, that's like the grandma saying that she was there and that she was celebrating and that it was all okay. And that's super cool. Yeah. She got to hear about her great granddaughter. And of course she was going to be there for the, oh, the hair, my hair is standing on end. Of course she's going to be there for the first birthday party. And she signed her name. I love that. That was, that was almost like her way of like leaving a gift by signing her name on that. Oh, Shell, that's so sweet. I love that. That was her gift. That was grandma's gift. Yeah. There you go. Ah. So it's very cool that he got a picture of it too. So cool. Thank you for sending in the picture. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Samuel. So I've got, I've got one more story here. This one is from chaos queen. Nice. Nice. 
love the name. Great name. And uh, this story happened in Iowa. So Chaos Queen starts off by saying, once I became a teenager, I got to hang around with adults. We all know that where you finally get to like stay up a little later and be mm-hmm. out in the kitchen with your aunt and uncle are around. And, you <laughs> oh, know, yeah. You get your to parents, hear. other friends and stuff like yeah. when all the other younger kids had to go to bed and get to stay up. We all know it. That's right. That's a good time. So she remembers stories that they would tell her most uh, in the summer at backyard fire hangouts. So it kind of sounds like You know, they'd have like a backyard fire. All the younger kids would have to go to bed and all the adults would kind of sit around. Sweet. There's the goal is to have a house where we can do that, Shell. Yeah, she came to an age where she was allowed to stay out at the fire kind of thing. So one of the stories she was told when uh, was when she was 16, she was out on this farm outside of town and there was a mother who was so bad to her kids that at night she would lock them in a cage in the attic. Oh, no. Chaos Queen didn't believe it and called bullshit and told them that she read a book called Flowers in the Attic. Oh, right. Yeah, that does does sound like an urban legend that could get started from like a a famous book like Flowers in the Attic. Sure. But these people kept insisting that it was true. And she told them to prove it. (laughs) (laughs) Put up or shut up, right? And then she annoyed her family every day for a week and till they found a sitter for the rest of the kids and they were taking her to this house. No way. So they decided to actually show her. Oh, fuck. She goes on to say, my dad always liked to see how brave I am at dumb things. Like I dare you to go in the basement with no light or, or whatever. So her dad sure, would kind of sure. like poke at her. Sounds so like something all, you do with your daughter. Right. <laughs> So they all got into their parents' van and her dad drove out of town. So they're down this gravel road and then onto a dirt road. Took us about 10 minutes. She goes on to say, my dad pulled into the driveway. And as I looked out the window, I never saw this place before. Hmm. The house was your iconic square farmhouse with a porch that wrapped me all the way around. Um, We got out and looked around. The grass hadn't been cut in years and other buildings on the farm have holes in their roofs and the paint has worn away. The house itself was just as bad. The front porch steps uh, were sunken, so they had to walk around into the back, and they went up the three back porch steps. So as they gathered on the porch near the back door, the adults talking and peering through the windows, she remembers feeling like she was being watched from afar. Um, Her dad said that it was time to go inside, and so they went in. Wow. A family that ghost hunts together. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like family friend ghost hunting. Nice. Nice. So she goes on to say, we entered the back door and found ourselves in the kitchen. It was your typical farm kitchen, just stuck in a different era. Cobwebs, dust all over everything. Um, They were looking in drawers and cupboards, just kind of being nosy. And when they entered the dining room, they were immediately creeped out. As the dining room table was set, with the dust cobwebs and a mouse shit all over. Oh, wow. Like a ghostly table setting. Why do some of these old houses have like the tables set? Like people are going to come to dinner. As is. Yeah. So she still has the sense that she's being watched. So she stood closer to her dad. She wasn't scared at first, but she was starting to get creeped out. And out of the corner of her eye, she saw a doll laying on the table. Oh no, not a doll. Mm -mm. Yeah. It was made of glass, 
So like, like one of those porcelain dolls, I would imagine. Even worse. Those are always demonic. <laughs> like in every story, every, those are always bad news. I don't touch it. So she wanted the doll. No. <laughs> what did I just say, young lady? So she wanted the doll. So she moved to the door <gasps> so she could grab it when they left. I said, don't touch the demon doll. Don't touch. The- you never touch the demon doll. But she decides to st- she's staying close to her dad as they wander around. Um, they go in the family room and there was a piano. Um, they found stairs to the second floor and and then they heard a crash. Oh, so, did someone fall through the floor? No, nope. they pulled down the attic steps. You know, one of those pull downs. Mm-hmm. Uncle says he's going up. Where did the so, crash come from? Not sure yet. Oh, wow. I don't know. Okay. Um, they all walk over and climb up the ladder. Okay. Attic is going to be the creepiest spot. You know, of course you're ghost hunting. You go to the attic or the basement. So she Oof. says she hears her mom's friend gasp and mumble. Oh my God. So of course, what does any kid do? Go hurry to see what they saw. <laughs> right. It's gotta be something good. There was the cage. <gasps> the cage they said was in the, Oh fuck. I forgot about the cage. That's right. They said they kept the kids in a cage in the attic. No way. It really was there. They found a huge, massive cage. And <gasps> the story was actually real. Oh, fuck. Ooh, that wasn't the scary yo, part of the story. Nasty. That's not the scary part, though. No? no. Ugh. So they're messing around in the attic. Like, why couldn't my family teach me to trespass and ghost hunt? Damn. So they heard like what they felt was coughing downstairs. Somebody. St- I thought everyone came upstairs. They did. Oh, damn. They did. Oh, damn. Um, then they hear four notes being played on the piano. <gasps> oh, whoa. Even worse. That's the worst. Oh, God. Now, remember. Oh, I have the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> remember how everything's covered in dust. So yeah. they, all run down, they all run down from the attic. They run to the piano. There's no marks on the layers of dust on the piano keys. How the hell did someone play the piano without disturbing the dust on the keys? Oh, wow. Like, go. oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. (gasps) Everybody starts getting freaked out and they decide to leave the house. So shit. Well, good. That's the smart thing here. It's time to leave. She remembers the doll. Oh, she runs. She runs back to the house to grab it since she knew she left it inside the door. Right. She put the fucking demon doll by the door. It wasn't there. (gasps) No. Did someone else take it? So she yells to her dad to see if he had it. And he didn't, but told her to check the house really fast. Oh, fuck. She's in the house by herself. She ran back in and looked around and found it, found it back where she first found it. No way. And she left it there and ran out of the house and never took it because she was so scared. She told her dad she couldn't find it. I am so creeped out. All I can imagine is that piano playing like creepy notes while she's running through the house looking for that stupid fucking demon doll only to see it sitting back where she. Oh, gosh, that's creepy. A few weeks later, somehow mysteriously, the house caught on fire and burnt to the ground. And since it was abandoned, the fire department just let it burn. Wow. Probably for the best. Wow. Wow. So. To Chaos Queen, first of all, I love the fact that your whole family 
It's yes. like Kudos so to that crazy family. that they're like, you know what? You don't believe there are no fucking witches? Everybody get in the car. I get love the car, that they told a story and they're like, yes, we can back that bitch up. We can, we can back that story up. We absolutely got the, we got the facts. And, wow. and, and she, she ended her story by wanting to let us know that she is also a stoner witch. Yeah. So, hey, stoner witch. Hey girl. So to chaos queen, this puffs for you. Oh yeah. I love that. So what's your last story? What's your last story? What last do you got for story. Us? Oh my gosh. This has been so much fun. I can't believe this is the last one. All right. This comes from black cat one, two, zero, six. And they say, I come from a family of sensitives. So I've had paranormal and supernatural experiences all my life, as has the rest of my family. I don't really get scared when I have experiences as I'm so used to them. And I have techniques to keep the more darker entities at bay. Smart. Same. Right. Things still take me by surprise or creep me out though. And this is one of them. Same. (laughs) (laughs) When we reached 10 years old, my cousin and I were allowed to play on the street just out Sorry, that's my dog. My cousin and I were allowed to play on the street just outside my auntie's house. Same. Yep. Yep. There was a busy lane which ran down beside the side of the houses where all the kids used to run up and down, kick a football around, ride their bikes, and generally messed around. Same. Exactly. I liked it because I had a long walkway to practice pushing my wheelchair without the danger of the main road. And my cousins and our friends and I spent hours of fun running and wheeling up and down that lane. That sounds fun. That does. There was a funny little dead-end alley just leading off the lane, which always had a weird vibe around it. There was only one house at the end of the, quote, dead-end alley, as all the kids used to call it. The house was different from all the other houses around it. The others were bright, colorful, and cheerful, full of life with the neighbors talking over the fences with one another and always ready to tell us kids off, tongue-in-cheek, for making too much row. Oh, see, I was wondering if they were British because they spelled colorful in neighbors with too many letters. <laughs> There's a U where there shouldn't be. Let me tell you, I have a, my, my friend. We, we talk about my friends sometimes in England. Ghost, yes. My ghosty friend. Hi, ghost. Hi, ghost. One of our funny conversations has always been about color. I'm here in America, C-O-L-O-R. Yeah. And in England, um, Great Britain, C-O-L-O-U-R. Yeah. What's with the extra U? I don't understand it. Same thing in neighbors. They say we're wrong. They call it the lazy American way, <gasps> but you know. Gasp. No, I don't know. Yeah. I like them both. I do spell gray with an E, G-R-E-Y. I like I that too. I like it better than the A. Don't know what to tell you. But yeah, it's a little extra, don't you think? Leave me alone. I drink tea and I like the queen. Oh, I like tea too. Anyway, <laughs> I know you don't love them, but you know. Harry and uh, Megan are my neighbors, next door neighbors, many, many miles away. But anyway, so they say, and so they call it a row. Is it a row or a row? Like a row, a row for making too much row, a typical slang term for noise and rest. Like you're going to get in a row. You're going to get in a fight. You're going to get in an argument. You're going to get in a row. I thought it was row. No, it's row, I think. (laughs) Ghost, send me a message. Is it row or row? (laughs) So Black Cat continues. Um, oh, now I lost my spot. All right, Black Cat, we need more slang. I appreciate that. Give me more slang from West London. The house down Dead End Alley was always dark, even, even on a sweltering hot summer's day. It always seemed to have a gloom hanging over it like a dark, ominous cloud. You know, neighborhoods, oh. sometimes they have that weird, haunted, freaky house. 
Yeah. And it doesn't help if it's on the dead end either. Right. Exactly. So obviously we being merely 10 years old, were banned by my mama and aunt from going anywhere near the alley, let alone the empty abandoned house. Although my older cousin and his mates who were 13 hung around dead end alley from time to time with the sole purpose of frightening his little sister and me with horror stories of the house and its imaginary monstrous inhabitants. That's pretty typical. Yeah. Yeah. Having heard rumors. Hey, do they spell rumors with an extra U too? What's up with this extra U? Having heard, I'm sorry. Sorry, black cat. I kind of, it's okay. We're the problem. (laughs) Having heard rumors about the dark history of the house, although not knowing anything concrete, the house had the dubious reputation as a haunted house. Can I just say, we have some great storytellers. Dubious. I love that. We really do. I love all these stories. Everyone has painted great pictures for us. One typical summer's day, my cousin and I were playing in the lane with our friends. We kept hearing a baby crying. Now, being in the middle of a council estate, hey, ghost, what does that mean? It is not uncommon. It is not uncommon to hear a baby cry, so we paid no attention. However, as the afternoon wore on, the baby's cry became louder and constant, almost deliberate. That got our attention. And we all decided to investigate the noise. So we stopped playing and began to look around. To our horror, after searching for the root of the noise, we realized that the baby's cries were originating from the front garden of the dead end alley house. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Of course, it's coming from the haunted freaking house. One of our friends who is slightly older said he would go nearer to have a look. We were all concerned by now, as it seemed obvious to all present that it was a real baby who was in distress. But everyone present also pleaded with him not to do it. But he was and still is a very principled moral person and his conscience overcame him. That's probably a good thing, because what if it was a real baby? Somebody's got to ball up and go over there. Exactly. Somebody has got to go in and take care of it. Yeah. We waited for 10 minutes until he came back. He looked awful. His face was white as a sheet and he looked physically shaken. He told us that he went into the garden, but there was no sign of a baby anywhere. His best mate asked him if he saw anything else, and he just nodded and said, I don't want to talk about it. Oh. What did he see? Nobody forced the issue. In fact, I think everyone was secretly relieved about it. We left very quickly and returned to the safety of home. Years after, my cousin and I were talking to her mom, and she began to tell us about the history of the local area. The subject of the Dead End Alley house came up. We were horrified by what my auntie told us. It still gives me chills talking about it now. In the 1940s, the area where our family lived was way rougher than it was present day. Lots of domestic violence, gangs, prostitution, and unwed mothers. Also a high pregnancy rate, which is to be expected in some ways, what with the war. Along with it came a fair percentage of unwanted babies. It turns out that the house in Dead End Alley was a baby farm where women took their babies that they couldn't look after or didn't want, and they gave them to women or couples. And for a fee, they would take these abandoned infants in and find good homes for them. It's like an orphanage. Yeah, but maybe not necessarily, sounds like maybe a shady one. It was said by the locals that the couple running the baby farm were quite an unsavory pair, again with the extra you people. And there were rumors at the time of coercion and intimidation of young unwed mothers to give the awful couple their babies and neglect and and abuse. Oh, there was also rumors of neglect and abuse of their young charges. So definitely a really rough, shady place. Yeah. yeah, Not on the up and up at all. The scandal was uncovered in the fifties. My auntie didn't know the full facts, 
but the remains of several infant bodies were found in the front garden in a shed where the husband kept his gardening tools. The couple were obviously charged with murder, and because of the number of remains discovered, they were put away for a long time. Oh, that breaks my heart. Oh, wow. We don't really know the truth of of what happened that hot summer's day long ago, but my cousin and I have our theories. My gosh, those kids all heard babies crying coming from that house. Ghostly baby crying. Wow. My cousin still lives in the same house with her own family and my auntie. And every time my husband and I visit them, I still get the chills when passing by Dead End Alley. And our friend who went to look for the distressed baby, my cousin and I are still friends with them. And they never revealed what he saw in the garden of the Dead End Alley house. Holy crap. Wow. Wow. To whatever he saw to this day, he won't talk about it. Wow. But they've, wow. So they heard babies crying from this creepy haunted house. Whew. Wow. And didn't even know at the time that it was like some sort of shady, creepy, murdery orphanage. Ooh, creepy. So that's probably what it was. It was probably these poor children that went there and died and never left. Oh, that's so never sad. Left. Wow. Quite the hall of ghost stories. I mean, you guys are amazing. All of you listeners out there, those of you who sent emailed us, contacted us on social media, contacted us on message boards. Thank you all so much. These stories are great stories beyond our expectations. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I, I think every one of them we got some good stories. I cannot believe how creepy they are Whew. and detailed. One question I have for our, our anonymous user that smokes enough to kill rhinos. Be evil. <laughs> what do you smoke? Be evil. Be evil. What do you smoke in there? What are you smoking in San Antonio? Texas? Yeah. What are you? What's good down there? What's your high THC favorite? <laughs> and to our friend in England, we've got a couple questions here. We appreciate your 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 ghost story um, very much, but we want to know a um, what is the legality of marijuana in England? First question, and That's b and b. Do you think that there's a part of anywhere in England that's not haunted? Ooh, yeah. So, uh, black cat, tell us. Let us know. Yeah, those are my two questions. Is it is are most places haunted? Like, does every house that you buy, you're just like, not not is there going to be a ghost here, but like how many, how many? and are they gonna be nice or are they gonna be bad? Is that your criteria? Yeah, like when I'm thinking England, I'm thinking, don't show me where the ghosts are. I dare you to show me where the ghosts aren't. <laughs> like, is there like I'm just picturing like I just think England is like this like permahan, you know. The place is shoulder to shoulder ghosts. They're just packed yeah, in there like much. sardines. But that's what I think you too. Weed there. That's a question. We need very to know. important question. We do need to very know. Very important. The witches need to know. Can you smoke? Because I'm going to England so soon. You know, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be going traveling overseas as soon as soon as all these lockdowns get lifted and I somehow win the lottery. I'm so there. And then we want the ganj. I want to go to Glastonbury with the ganj. Right, right. I do want to travel with with the marijuana. We do want to travel with that. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know what I'm doing next week, Shell. Do you have a list of what? uh, Why, yes, I do. For episode 11, let's whip out the list here. Holy crap. We are actually going to take a deep dive. My last episode, I... I did a tunnel, the the Husik tunnel was our last episode. Mm-hmm. We're gonna keep it, we're gonna keep it in the dirt 
and we're going to explore some of the um, coal mines in Pennsylvania, the Lackawanna coal mines. So we're going to go underground in Pennsylvania for our next episode. I know I have an asylum in my list. So I'm going to search my list and see if I can find it. I want to do an asylum. I know I have some. A crazy place. Right? Those were super, super, super creepy. All right. So we are going to do, I don't know where this is, the Independence State Hospital. Ooh, I love a good state hospital. Built for the mentally ill and criminally insane. Let me see if I can figure out what state it's in first. Oh, it's in Iowa. Okay. So we are going to do the Independence State Hospital, an asylum that held alcoholics, geriatrics, drug addicts, the mentally ill, and the criminally insane. So yeah, lobotomy equipment, lots of paranormal activity. The asylum has a gruesome and dim past in Iowa. So yeah. Oh, wow. I think I'll face my fears. That's That'll be fun. Yes, I'm going to face my fears of asylums and how creepy and nasty they are. And I'm going to just do a deep dive. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm proud of you. I've done two or three asylums so far and and, and you've been freaked out. Every single time. I'm glad that you are finally willing to take an asylum on for yourself. Yes. I'm going to woman up and go straight to Independence State Hospital do an asylum myself. So we will see you next time. Episode 11 of The Stoned Witches Hour. Stay ghouly and stony. Stay ghouly. (laughs) 